we have to leave the old school sales behind and step into a new way of being and doing in the world when you're talking to clients. And there is a difference. It's in the way that we show up. It's in the way that we talk to people, the way that we're able to open people up and get them to trust us. They're talking to me as a human being. And everyone wants that every single day. Anybody can make a choice and step out of fear and into abundance, step out of fear and into love. It is possible. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. Boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a leading thought leader in the arena of sales. She helps non-sales sellers, i.e. people who don't like selling, don't want to do it, but have to, how to become really good at it and love it. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Liz Wendling. Welcome to the show, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that intro. Woo! <laughs> so, Liz, we were introduced by a mutual friend of ours, the one and only Matt Johnson. He speaks mm -hmm. very highly of you. You and I have had a, a great conversation prior to this. I've been looking forward to this interview. So let me tell you a little bit about the purpose of the show. The purpose okay. of the show is we are a bold stand for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. We look to serve the men and women who have the courage and the guts to go out there, put themselves on the line to make their vision and their dreams come true. And we give them inspiration. We give them tools. We give them hope. We give them belief. We give them courage to go after that with everything they got. And the reason they listen to this show is they want to learn from you as my guest expert on how they can more effectively succeed out there in the world. But before they can really open themselves up to you, they need to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Liz Wedling? <laughs> well, for the past 30 years, I've been in some form of sales, uh, sales business development sales or a marketing position. But it wasn't until about 13 years ago when I left the corporate world and decided, screw this. I'm ready to do this my way on my own in the way that I want to do it. I knew I can control the faucet on my uh, sales results and how much money I could make. And I realized that if I was really good at sales and selling in a way that resonated and honored the people I was working with, then I knew that I could make a great living. And I'm proving that right now because sales has changed and I have changed with it. And I'm able to be able to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with potential clients. And they know that I mean it, that I'm not saying things just to try to make a sale. They know that, that I'm in it with them and they can feel that trust and that authenticity from me when I'm talking to them. And everyone can do that. That's the thing. But we have to leave the old school sales behind and step into a new way of being and doing in the world when you're talking to clients. And there is a difference. God bless America. Well said, powerfully said, brilliantly said. So let's come back to this. Sales has changed. So tell us how has sales changed? 
Well, I, I like to say that every one of us is in sales. If we have a business at some point, we do have to step into a sales conversation, but we get to choose. Here's the difference. We get to choose if we go back to the 1980s and 90s and, and make it all about us and we want to tell versus ask questions, or we can step into the new now and have conversations with people from that heart space, from that, I'm going to open you up and understand what you're up against so I can serve you in the way that I know that I can serve best. And if I can't, I'm going to say, no, I can't help you, or I'm going to refer you to someone else. But I am not going to look at you as a sale or someone to add to my bottom line. If it's a great fit, you and I are going to work together. And if not, I'm just fine with that as well. But there is a difference, and it's in the way that we show up. It's in the way that we talk to people, the way that we share our value, the way that we're able to open people up and get them to trust us in a short amount of time. And it isn't catchy phrases or snappy one-liners. It's truly showing up with an open heart, and that person feels it so much so that they know they're talking to someone they can trust. Amen. Amen, sister. Bring it. So, you know, one of my mentors is a man by the name of Mark Von Muser. Mark Von Muser used to work with the largest and most famous personal development uh, thought leader in the world. And I say largest because this fellow's big. He's tall and he's big. And his initials are the reverse of RT. So I'll let you figure it out. So Mark, 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 Mark says it like this. He said, we live in a day today where you can't be a closer. You can't be one of those killer closers. You need to be a caring advocate. And I believe that's what you're really saying. You're saying that we need to be an advocate for the people that we aim to help through our businesses. If we advocate for people, if we care for them, if we show up from our hearts, we will succeed and they too will succeed. Is that what you're saying? Bingo. You just nailed it. You took what I said and really encapsulated that. That's the truth. And you can only do that if you choose to start showing up that way. You can't just say it. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be a trusted advisor. No, you actually have to back that crap up with being that. You have to. And to, I, I, it's not these days, it's not just saying and declaring what you either don't want to be or want to be. It is about stepping into that space and being it. A lot of, of people will say, I don't want to be one of those pushy salespeople. I don't want to be aggressive. And I say, good, nobody wants that. But you can't declare that and then show up and say things that sound like it's you're stuck in the 80s and 90s and make you sound like you're selling someone versus inspiring someone. There's a big difference. You can declare it, but you also have to be it. You know what? That's very powerful to say. You've got to be it. You've got to live from that. You know, one, one of the pieces of IP that I created, intellectual property around sales, is that sales is an act of love. I only sell to people that I love. I only sell to people that I care about. If I don't care about you, I'm not going to sell to you. I'm only going to sell to you if I care about you. If I think you're a good person, you deserve to win, you deserve to be successful. Otherwise, I wouldn't do that, right? Bingo. Yes, exactly. That's how we can real people can really pick up the fact that there is something genuine about this person. This person isn't talking to me as a sale. They're talking to me as a human being. And everyone wants that every single day. And if we could give that gift to someone and have them feel that through the phone lines or a Zoom call or a face to face meeting, that is what's going to get you to that next level. 
all day, every day, right? Yes. Okay, awesome. So, so Liz, let's talk a bit about this. So imagine, say, I've got a program, and I'm just going to just role play with you a little bit, okay? Because I, I got a program. I got a program for CEOs. I have a CEO a program for CEOs, men who own their own companies that okay. are kind of 2 million to like 200 million, I suppose, right? And these are folks who are freedom-minded. So they want to be around a group of men to learn how to be better men and to learn how to be better fathers, husbands, providers, et cetera. But they also want to be around men who are freedom-minded. They don't want to be around all that woke SJWBS that's out there. They want to be able to speak their mind and not be worried that they said the wrong thing and they're going to get canceled. So let's say I'm looking to find these folks. And obviously, they're going to be a little bit guarded because they don't really know me, right? They don't know, well, who is this guy? Maybe he's full of crap and he's going for a gotcha moment. So how would you tell a man like myself to go about having those conversations with those folks? What an awesome question. This is what I do all day. So thank you for allowing me to display that. Um, What I would say right away is, so when I refer to old school and new school, the old school way would be, hi, my name is, I do this. I work with high quality people who are looking to do this. I know that I can help you. I, 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 I. And that's all their messages are all about them and not about the other person. So to step out of the 80s and 90s and get into the new now, we've got to re-engineer the way that we talk to people. We have to talk to people as if we know their pains, problems, struggles, challenges, issues, heartaches, dilemmas that we know they're facing. So instead of sending a message or talking to someone about, I do this and I can help you with this, first of all, you can't. You can't tell someone what you can do to them if you haven't had a conversation first. So anytime I receive an email with someone that tells me all about the ways that they can help me, all the great things that they can do to my business and all the things that I don't know, but they do, that's the biggest turnoff because all that says is you're trying to sell me something versus saying something like, I'll I'll paraphrase, maybe Nikki, you say something Hey, Bob, um, lately I've been working with or lately um, one of the things I noticed in the X industry or your particular industry is that many CEOs are struggling with or they're running up against this or they're frustrated around this and they're unsure of the, the steps to take to back away from that or to change that. One of the things that we're finding is this, or I've noticed in your industry, many CEOs are having issues around this. So what you're doing is you're projecting into that conversation that I know people like you, I work with people like you, but I'm not doing it from a place that says I, I, I. These are the people I work with by by even just saying, I'll use an example with one I just did with a a family law firm. I said, many of the family law firms I work with are struggling to convert their potential clients into paying clients. They're Mm. spending a fortune on marketing and the phone is ringing, but their attorneys are doing something in the consultation that's causing a client to leave without hiring. And if I hit the nail on the head, which I know I do, because I know that's what's happening inside of a law firm. They say to me, oh my gosh, what are you, a fly on the wall? Oh my gosh, we talk about this in our staff meeting all the time. 
and you you hit it on the head and you don't waste time with I'm great at this I work with firms all over the world doing this they don't care about that nobody gives a crap about what I do no, but they'll give a crap about what I do if what I do resonates with them no resonation no sale no resonation no sale I like that that's powerful powerful stuff okay so what you would say to someone like me in in my instance would be to say hey okay listen are you are you in business for yourself are you sometimes worried that if you say the wrong thing in the right wrong place even if your intentions are good that it could blow back on you in a really horrible way do you want to be around a group of people who aren't going to judge you just for speaking the honest truth heartfelt inside your heart do you understand that you know being around the right people the law of proximity could be very powerful from your business you could be one great connection away from a transformation in your business that could completely alter the trajectory of your success something like that i guess I, I would say yes, but leave out a lot of the questions. So if you're emailing someone and there's a question in there, do you want to be around successful people? Do you like to earn extra money? Keep that out of the correspondence and make that be part of the conversation when they say yes to, oh, looks like Nikki works with people like me. I want to schedule a call with him. But I wouldn't ask questions in an email, maybe a landing page, but not if you are connecting right to the heart of that CEO. I would say speak to their pains, problems and challenges. What what CEOs tell me constantly is that they have this fear of being authentic in a room with other people because they might be called out or they might be embarrassed, lose their business. Yes. Something like that. And you want them to go. Yeah. What is this guy listening to my phone calls? What is he in Alexa? He knows exactly what's happening in my world. And I tell people, act like Alexa. When you you say something in your home and then the next thing you know, Alexa's making a recommendation for it. I think that's very powerful. That's really, really very powerful. And it can be really, really um, a game changer for certain organizations to understand how to do this and how to do this well. And it takes finessing. It really takes, sometimes when I'm working with clients, we might write three, four, five emails and and massage it in such a way until they say, oh my gosh, that's perfect. That sounds like me. That's the way I want to talk. That's the transparency and the authenticity I want. I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to sell someone something, but it takes a little bit of tweaking for someone to go, oh, that fits me. Yes. I can't wait to use that because that is me. And when you speak the language that comes from your heart and resonates with you, just imagine how much it's going to resonate with another human being. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's just hit me where I live. Good stuff. So Liz, today, there's so many people in this environment right now that are frightened to death. We have inflation coming. We've had a pandemic. We've had lockdowns. We've had a whole bunch of people who have decided because they're in government that they love being in power and they're creating emergencies coming out of their yin-yang in order to get people to to still be under their thumb. And understandably, a lot of people in business are nervous, scared, frightened, unsure of how to operate in this environment. What would be your advice to them? 
Oh my gosh. I would say lose the fear, lose the skepticism, lose all of that stuff that doesn't serve us anymore. That let that fear be somewhere else. And, and you got to change the channel because fear does not attract. When you are in fear mode, you cannot attract your ideal clients. If you are worried, scared, and frightened, you will not attract what it is that you say you want to attract. We've got to get back to center ourselves, align ourselves, and making sure that we come from that place of abundance. And yes, that's kind of a pie in the sky thing. And people will say, yeah, 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 you, you've got a thriving business. You can do that. No, anybody can do this. Anybody can make a choice and step out of fear and into abundance, step out of fear and into love. It is possible. But again, you have to do it and do it with intention. You can't just say, I'm not afraid, but you bring fear on a sales call. You can't say, I'm not worried, but you bring it into your sales meeting and people feel that energy. I say fear and worry, it, it has, a, has a scent to it and it smells mm. awful. People may not feel it, but they smell it coming through a Zoom call or they can smell it in a room, but they don't know what it is. But you're giving off that scent and you're turning people off. So it takes some unraveling to get to that place where you're centered and aligned. And you know that what you're doing is so on the money that you become what my coach says is you're like a lighthouse. You plant yourself in the harbor, you turn on your light and people come to you. You A lighthouse doesn't run out in fear and say, come into my harbor, please come in, come in. No, you turn the light on, you know who you are and business comes to you because of what you've done to your inner stance and you know who you are and what you stand for. I love it. That's awesome. Liz, man, that just cuts right through it like a knife. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. So Liz, you've written books. I have. You have, so let's talk about your books. <laughs> well, my the last four, I would say, two of them are for attorneys and two of them are for anybody else that calls themselves a salesperson. I, I liked the legal space, so I wrote books for them. My first two, I'm going to just come right out and say it. It was pre-internet. They're not even worth reading. The last four, for sure. So both of my attorney books talk about the mindset it takes to actually sit in a room with someone going through a divorce who has been hit by a motorcycle or injured in an accident, going through a bankruptcy. How can that attorney actually be in that room with someone, show their value, build credibility, earn trust in a really short amount of time and not by using techniques, it's how the energy they're showing up with, the way they connect and communicate with someone, the words they use, the approach they use. How can you set the stage for someone to notice you right out of the gate versus an hour into a call? You stand out the moment you open your mouth in your, in your consultations. And then my other two books are for the professionals who sell services, people who have to have those sales conversations every day with someone who says, hey, I'd like to find out more about your business. I'd like to find out more about how you work with people like me. That's a sales conversation. So I lay it out in both books on how do you make that connection? Not a fake connection, a real deep, honest connection. And how can you start to be a lot as aligned as your inner self and your outer self? How you can be congruent? People do business with people who are congruent. Not people who have these snappy one-liners or salesy way of being. No, it's congruency. People pick up 
What you say and how you're being is so aligned. I want to do business with you and not the person down the street. You know, what you say and how you're being is so aligned. I want to do business with you and not the person down the street reminds me of a quote that I read in a Wayne Dyer book, right? And it was it was it was a quote from the great Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore. Okay. Who you are, shout so loudly in my ears that I can't hear a word you're saying. And I thought, oh. boom, oh, boom, Liz Wendling. Wow. Oh, I really like that. Oh my gosh, that that really, that says it all. People see it in your being, in your way of being, not in your quote unquote sales skills. And there has, um, this always reminds me of the mantra that's been around forever. And I'm sure you've heard it, Nikki. People buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? All right. Well, I call BS on that because I could know you, I could like you, and I can trust you. But that doesn't mean I'm going to buy from you. We all have a lot of people that we know, like, and trust. But know, like, and trust is only the beginning now. That only gets you a ticket to the game. So I tell people it's time to update that outdated mantra and make it more relevant in today's world. So there is one more piece to the know, like, and trust. So yes, people have to know you, like you, and trust you. But you better bring some value. You better bring value to the conversation, bring value to the way you connect with me, bring value to the way that you show up. And it's no like trust and add value. It's no more 100%. just no like and trust. No like and trust is table stakes. That's but just what you got to do to show up, right? It's, it's like you're kicking to the game, like you said. Value yep. is where it's at. And not only That's value, right. I'd say it's value delivered. Value delivered. Because value that's just offered, it's not enough. You got to deliver exactly. it to them. So they got to go, yes. wow, that gal, and she knows her stuff. She did it for me. <laughs> but also value can be conveyed in a, in a whole other bucket of ways and value again comes in the way you show up maybe it's the unique perspective that only you can offer it's the experience you bring to the conversation it's the wisdom you impart maybe it's the humor you bring into a really heavy conversation it's that emotional connection that only you can create with someone because it's coming from your heart it's the way you make someone else feel in a conversation and the way that you bring your thoughtfulness your kindness your generosity your caring your insight and your great opinion and of course your unique personality. All of that and tons of value. Boom! Oh my God, Liz Wendling, you are the queen bee of selling, lady. (laughs) And the only reason somebody gives you their money is because you add value. You can solve their problems and they believe that the value you're bringing is worth every freaking penny of that. Honestly, it's the truth. Like I look at this, my, my whole thing in life is I'm a champion for freedom, free expression, free enterprise. I'm all about helping the entrepreneur get out of being stuck in financial oppression and get all the way to financial freedom and then confidence freedom. You got to have the confidence to believe you are the shit diggity. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't have that confidence, then it's not going to work for you. And I'm here to deliver that 
And you know what? I'm really good at delivering those things. And I got to be the best in the world at conveying that I deliver that. And when I do that better than I'm doing it now, I'll tell you something. I know my sales, which are already good, are going to be spectacular. And I want to be spectacular. I don't want to just be already good. I don't want to just have a lot of money. I want to have great big gobs and gobs and gobs of money in my bank account. And I want to do the same for everybody I meet. The proudest boast I have for you is that my clients make more money than I do. I helped a man add $12.5 million to his restaurant business this year. And I'll tell you something, that's a beautiful feeling. And I don't make $12.5 million myself yet, but it's a beautiful thing to see that man do it. That is, that is a good thing. And and knowing that what we do actually has a ripple effect and knowing that if I can help an attorney or a business owner who says, wow, I tweaked a couple of things. You help me see that old school isn't it anymore. And there is a new way to, to convey your value and communicate with people. And if they're willing to make just a few changes, not completely dismantle everything they're doing. Let's get in there, figure out what doesn't work anymore, beef up what does, and you are on your way to making better connections and more money without really having to dismantle everything you've done and start all over. There's none of that. It is getting in there and tweaking that. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. I'm digging it. So Liz Wendling, you have the new age approach to selling instead of the old school approach to selling, which maybe worked back in the day, but certainly doesn't really work today. The way for people to sell today is to come from the heart, come from caring, come from solving problems, come from making a difference. And when you do that, people buy. Nobody likes to be sold, but everybody loves to buy. And would you like me to, uh, it's one of my favorite examples. Would you like me to give an example of what really old school sounds like? Yeah, yeah. And all right. And whenever I start working with a client, I usually read all of their emails. I want to know the messages that you're sending out now. I want to get a sense of, of what you're doing now so I know what needs to be fixed. So let's talk about the F word, follow up. And these days, the way people have been following up is the same exact way. And I mean exact. For decades, people have been following up the same way. And it is in a dire need of a makeover. Nothing screams 1980s and 90s, just quite like following up, touching base, reaching out and checking in. And of course, it sounds like this. Uh, Hey, Marie, I wanted to follow up to see if you had any questions about the proposal or hi, Mark, just a friendly follow up to see if you're ready to get started. I'm just touching base to see if you're still interested and on and on reaching out, touching base, checking in. How can anyone in their inbox see your value, decipher who you are, take action in your email when your your follow-up messages sound like everyone else on the planet. They're valueless. They don't mean anything. They come across needy. I'm just following up again. I'm not sure you got my last six emails. That (laughs) crap fails to engage. It doesn't engage the recipient and draw them into your message and have them respond to you. It's boring, it's bland, it's generic and full and bloated inboxes all over the world are filled with FU messages, follow-up messages that don't motivate and don't inspire anyone to respond. You gotta leave that crap out. You know what, that is so true. I'm guilty of that, I do that follow-up BS. No, (laughs) not anymore. 
<laughs> yeah. Don't so what's a better way? So the better way is, first of all, if you are in, if, let's say, Nikki, you and I are in conversation and we're talking about a program or you reached out to me or I reached out to you. You and I had a great conversation on a Zoom call or a phone call. And one of us is charged to get back to the other person. Maybe it's to have a second uh, a second phone call, or maybe you're going to put some things together and get them to me, whatever it is, however that ends. The, the, when you are getting back to that person, you want to leave out, I, I'm following up, touching base, reaching out and checking in first, because that is the action. You're already doing that. Why do you have to announce, I'm following up, I'm just touching base, that's an announcement that's not necessary. However, when I open up an email and I say, hey, Nikki, in our conversation last Tuesday, you and I had agreed that we would schedule a second meeting. Or, hey, Nikki, um, in our last meeting, you and I were talking about moving to the next step and possibly putting a proposal together. I'm not sure where you are with that or if the timing is right. Let's reconnect and get something on the calendar. I like to communicate and put energy into it and put a little more oomph than an email that says, I'm just following up to see if you're ready to schedule that call again. Let me know. Does it have enough energy into it? We've got to communicate in a way that keeps the momentum going. And if not, it falls flat. And that's why people have to send another email. Hey, I'm not sure if you got my last message. Uh, this is my third attempt to try to connect with you. I'm not sure if my six emails got to you. No, they got there. There just was no meat on the bones and they deleted you. That's why. So it's getting to the point. So I'd say the fix is to remove that. Even remove it from the subject line. Why do you have to announce you're doing that? So you get to the point. Hey, Mark, are you ready to pick up our conversation where we left off? Hey, Tom, the last time we spoke, you suggested we reconnect. Hey, Jan, it's been some time since our last meeting and wanted to pick up our conversation. Anything that has some energy to it, otherwise it will fall flat. I like it. I really like it. It's <laughs> really, really good. The FU has got to stop. Yep. And and when you stop saying touching base, reaching out, checking in and follow up, you actually respect your your prospect's inbox. You respect someone's inbox by not saying the crap that turns them off. You're getting to the point. We have three seconds now to get someone's attention. They're reading emails, sitting at a red light, in the bathroom, waiting online somewhere, waiting for their coffee. They want remove the crap that doesn't get their attention. If you can't get their attention, you'll never get their business. And the only way we can get their business is if we change our language, change our approach, change the way you're being and the energy you create into your conversations, they will take notice. You know, I'll give you a, a, an analogy to this. It's like you've gone on a first date and then on the second date, you're going for the marriage proposal ahead of <laughs> let's have dinner. Hey, that coffee was great. Let's have dinner. <laughs> yep. It's too much. And it's it follow when you just follow up and just touch base. I always say that it feels like a little push from behind. It doesn't feel collaborative because I'm just following up to see if you're ready to buy from me. That might not be what you're saying, but that's what you're conveying. And that's why people lean back and not lean in. You're subtly trying to make them make a decision when they might not be ready. 
you're forcing them to do something they're not ready to do. But if you had a nice conversation with them, when the let's say you and I hang up today, I would say, you know, Nikki, we talked a lot about this, this, and this today. How would you like us to stay in communication? What What's your suggestion? Or would you like me to contact you next week? What's the best way to communicate? How do we keep our conversation alive? Because Nikki, the last thing I want to do is keep loading your inbox with follow-up messages that have no value in them. I want to, and, and not you're not saying all of this, I'm offering suggestions. I want to respect your inbox. What's the best way for us to stay in communication? Do you like text or do you want me to pick up the phone? Let's do it in a way that keeps our conversation moving forward. And when you do that to someone, first of all, nobody's saying stuff like that. They're not saying, I respect you so much without having to, you know, you could say it, but sometimes it's implied. I respect you so much. And, the, and what you shared with me today was so important. How, what is the best way for us to keep this conversation alive? And they'll tell you. Most people, you can actually see them lift their eyes and go, well, you know, it's a holiday next week or I'm going on vacation or I got a really crazy busy week next week. Why don't we reconnect uh, next Tuesday or something like that? They start showing you that they're willing to play with you and not completely ghost you. If people are being ghosted, it means you're doing something in the conversation that's causing that. Mm. Ghosting mm. is a problem. So many millions of dollars are left on the table by getting ghosted because of what professionals are doing to people in those conversations and how they're pushing them, not drawing them in. Oh, Liz Wendling. You are the real deal. You are the shit diggity girl. I am really <laughs> loving this conversation. Wow. 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 I can wow. talk about sales all day long. And actually we haven't really even talked about sales skills. And even though I teach sales skills, we, you and I talked about just the way that you're communicating and the way you're being. We didn't talk about how do you handle an objection or ask for the sale. Those are hard sales skills. You and I are talking about the soft skills, the skills that matter more than how do I close the business? If you do the soft stuff right, the close happens naturally. You know what? That's so true. If you do that soft stuff right and you connect with the person over there and they get that you get their problem and that you understand the consequences of them not solving the problem and that you care about solving that problem for them more than you care about any transaction, boom, boom, the sale happens. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it could be that easy. I know people say it can't when I when I'm speaking or I'm doing a training, people are like, you make it sound so easy. And I hate to break it to them, but it is. And you're making if you don't like to sell or if you refuse to sell, you're doing it wrong. It means it means you are doing old school stuff. But when you find something that lines up with you and your personality and it feels good leaving your mouth or in right tapping out an email, then you'll use it, you'll do it, and it'll land and resonate with someone in the best way. If you don't like to sell, you're doing it wrong. And there is a better way to do it that you can actually fall in love with it. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. I love it. This is good. Okay, so this has been just one of the most powerful conversations I've had in a long, long time. I'm loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. Remember that song? <laughs> I do, I do, yep. That's awesome. All right, so you know what? 
I think what we should do right now is I think we should come to the point where I ask you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps? These are your three best pieces of advice that you would like my listener to take on to take their sales success to the next level. What do you say? Give it to me. Okay. All right, here we go. First one would be check your communication. Check the way that you are sending out emails or texts. Do they sound like everyone else? Do they sound the same as the last 20 years you've been sending messages? If so, get in there and move some of those words around. Change that messaging because when you change your language, you'll change your results. Number two, Stop dropping F-bombs. Stop saying follow-up, touching base, reaching out and checking in. Remove them. And it's the minute you remove them and get to that next sentence, that's the meat of the message. That's where the message starts. Stop announcing that you are uh, following up. And I would say leave out minimizers, the words that make you sound like you're apologizing. I know you're busy, so I won't take up too much of your time. I don't want to keep bothering you. I know you're swamped, so I'll get to the point. Well, you've already wasted my time by using that crap. Get to the point. So number that is number three. Get to the point. People appreciate that. We don't have a lot of time anymore to get people's attention. Take out the stuff that no longer gets it and get to the meat of your message. I got to tell you, Liz, these are three powerful expert action steps. I really, really, really like them. I really like what you do. And you know what? I'm going to connect you with some people offline that also work with lawyers. Who the heck knows? Maybe you guys can find some ways to create some synergy with one another. Because I just think what you do is so, so powerful, so important. And it's really cool that you do it for lawyers. I got to tell you, I think that's terrific. Really, really. (laughs) I was, this is my calling. I know I was born to teach this. I was born for teaching lawyers. I was born for teaching sales. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just, it, it lights me up. I can't believe I get paid to do what I absolutely adore doing. It's really nice. <laughs> Great. So, um, Liz, how do our listeners get in touch with you? How do they find out about your books? What are some of the books you want them to buy? Tell us. Well, depending on what they need, they can just go to Amazon and look me up, Liz Wendling, or head to my website, LizWendling.com, or go to LinkedIn at Liz Wendling. Everything is Liz Wendling. So they can find me anywhere. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I always enjoy meeting new people. And if there's and anybody who needs a secret shop or a tune-up, I'm your gal. I love it. So what is the, the name of the book that you most want people to pick up right now? I would say the heart of authentic selling. It goes into a lot of what we talked about today and how to get behind the curtain of the real new sales model, not the old stuff. I have a lot of examples in there of outdated and updated so that people can start seeing that there's a way out and another path in their business to start making more money. The heart of authentic selling. I love it. That that is a fantastic, fantastic title for a sales book. Kudos, Liz Wendling. Kudos. Thank you. So, so listen, Liz Wendling is the real deal. You got to go check her out at LizWendling.com. You got to go to LinkedIn and check out Liz Wendling on LinkedIn. You got to go to Amazon. You got to pick up not just one copy of The Heart of Authentic <laughs> Selling, not just two copies, but a minimum five copies. One for you, one for the person you care most about in this world, and three, a minimum of three for friends, 
clients and associates of yours. And if you're smart, you'll pick up 10 copies of the book and you'll give it not just to three people, but to eight people, because that is going to help them be more successful. When you create more love, more caring in the world of sales, you expand, the world expands, your business expands, and free enterprise, freedom, and free expression expand. So make sure that you do that listening. And here's the Amen. other thing. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you benefited from this, you've got to pay the piper. And the way you pay the piper is, it's a free podcast. Heck, I don't even have a sponsor other than myself and my company. <laughs> you got to share it with somebody who needed to hear this message and you know they needed to hear this message. You got to do that. And do not be stingy and selfish. Be a good person and just go into whatever app that you're using to listen to this podcast, click the share button and text it to a friend of yours and write a little note and said, hey, I was thinking about you today. I just listened to this and I know this is going to make a difference for you in your life. So go ahead and do that right away. All right. Because if you do that, you are going to change a life. You are going to touch a heart. You're going to make somebody's life better because they got to hear Nikki Ballou and Liz Wendling have this conversation. So make sure you do that. And hey, if while you're there, you want to leave us a rating and a review, that's good too. You know why? Because that means that for all the hard work we're putting in and delivering value to you, you're giving something back. And this has got to be an energy exchange. You can't just be taking all the good stuff you get from me and the other great podcast hosts out there. You got to give some sugar back to them. If they delivered value for you, leave them a rating, leave them a review, leave me a rating, leave me a review and make sure that this happens. And make sure you go and check out everything Liz has to offer. This lady is a powerhouse. She's got energy to burn and she has got <laughs> such positivity. It's infectious. And you got to make sure that you take advantage of that. And listen, if you're digging what you're hearing from us, you can go to our website, eastcircleacademy.com. There's a ton of free stuff there for you to help you become the best version of yourself. Get some clarity for yourself in your life and your business and win. And it's all free. So go take advantage of it. Hey, Liz Wendling, like I got to tell you, this has just been a blast. I really had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. I did as well. Yeah. You're awesome. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Liz Wendling, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or check out the show notes on whatever app you listen to us, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Audible. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.